0: Good morning. Good morning welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church I'm Pastor Bibb and a special warm welcome to any guests or visitors joining us this day at Trinity as we've now come then to the 12th Sunday uh, after Trinity we're kind of though it may not seem like it about at our halfway point here for the green season so we continue on even as the colors outside begin to turn a little more yellow It's still green here in the church that color symbolizing the life we have in Christ our Savior And we'll see in the readings this day as Christ continues to give life to people, especially a deaf and mute man. And so on that note, I'll turn your attention to the inside of the back cover of your bulletin where we have that focused on Christ section, a summary of our readings for this day's worship. So a man who was deaf and therefore also had a speech impediment was brought to Jesus. In the same way, all are by nature deaf toward God and therefore also unable to confess the faith rightly. For faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ, as St. Paul tells us in Romans 10. Jesus put his fingers into the man's ears, and he spat and touched his tongue. Even so, in holy baptism, water sanctified by the words of Jesus' mouth is applied to us. And the finger of God, that is, the life-giving Holy Spirit, is put into our ears in the hearing of the baptismal gospel. Jesus' sighing, Ephatha opened the man's ears, and his tongue was loose to speak plainly as Isaiah prophesied of the Messiah. In that day, the deaf shall hear the words of a book. So also, he who sighed and breathed his last on the cross for us has given us to hear and believe in him, and has opened our lips that our mouths may declare his praise. Our service this day is Divine Service Setting 1 as it begins on page 151. We do have great joy in receiving our Lord's gifts, uh, especially His body and His blood and the sacrament of the altar, and therefore He bids us, according to His word, to be unified in what it is that we believe, not just concerning the supper, but in all things as His children. So therefore, uh, in accord with that biblical practice of closed communion, we ask that those joining us at the altar this day, be members either of this congregation or of a sister congregation of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, joining in that one confession of faith as we come to the altar to receive Christ's body and blood. Again, as it said, the service is divine service setting one. As it begins on page 151, and we'll now sing the first hymn. Almighty and merciful God, by your gift alone, your faithful people render true and laudable service. Help us steadfastly to live in this life according to your promises and finally attain your heavenly glory. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen. The Old Testament reading for the 12th Sunday after Trinity is from Isaiah chapter 29. Is it not yet a very little while until Lebanon shall be turned into a fruitful field, and the fruitful field shall be regarded as a forest? In that day the deaf shall hear the words of a book, and out of their gloom and darkness the eyes of the blind shall see. The meek shall obtain fresh joy in the Lord, and the poor among mankind shall exult in the Holy One of Israel. For the ruthless shall come to nothing, and the scoffers cease, and all who watch to do evil shall be cut off who by a word make a man out to be an offender, and lay a snare for him who reproves in the gate, and with an empty plea turn aside him who is in the right. Therefore thus says the Lord who redeemed Abraham concerning the house of Jacob, Jacob shall be no more ashamed, no more shall his face grow pale, for when he sees his children the work of my hands in his midst, they will sanctify my name, they will sanctify the Holy One of Jacob, and will stand in awe of the God of Israel." And those who go astray in spirit will come to understanding, and those who murmur will accept instruction. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The epistle is from 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Such is the confidence that we have through Christ toward God. Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God. Who has made us competent to be ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Now if the ministry of death, carved in letters of stone, came with such glory that the Israelites could not gaze at Moses' face because of its glory, which was being brought to an end, will not the ministry of the Spirit have even more glory? For if there was glory in the ministry of condemnation, the ministry of righteousness must far exceed it in glory. Indeed, in this case... What once had glory has come to have no glory at all because of the glory that surpasses it. For if what was being brought to an end came with glory, much more will what is permanent have glory. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the seventh chapter. Jesus returned from the region of Tyre and went through Sidon to the Sea of Galilee, in the region of the Decapolis. And they brought to him a man who was deaf and had a speech impediment, and they begged him to lay his hands on him. And taking him aside from the crowd privately, he put his fingers into his ears, and after spitting, touched his tongue. And looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to him, Ephatha, that is, be opened. And his ears were opened, his tongue was released, and he spoke plainly. And Jesus charged them to tell no one, but the more he charged them, the more zealously they proclaimed it. And they were astonished beyond measure, saying, He has done all things well. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. This is the gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The sermon this day is based upon the gospel lesson. You know, we're told of that deaf and mute man and his friends in the gospel lesson today, but we're not really told about, well, a whole lot about either one of them. We just know they're there, right? But what we do know is that Jesus today is in Greek territory, that is Gentile territory. In fact, the word Decapolis means ten cities. In other words, Jesus is in an area filled with pagans, unbelievers who have little to no knowledge of God's word. Now, these people have likely heard stories of what Jesus can do, and they're simply just working for, looking for a miracle worker and who can blame them. But even with all this, we're not given any reason to believe that they know anything of the one true God or of his word. Now, What happens in the text is really pretty straightforward. It says, And and taking him aside from the crowd privately, Jesus put his fingers into his ears, and after spitting, touched his tongue. And looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to him, Ephotha, that is, be opened. And his ears were opened, his tongue was released, and he spoke rightly. Now, I'll admit it, this one's different. That is, this miracle. It's different. Jesus puts his fingers in the guy's ears. He does something with spit, and then he touches the guy's tongue. This is not what you would call normal behavior, not even for Jesus, who is prone to doing things a little outside of the norm, or at least outside of the norm for them. The fact is, he didn't have to touch the man, and he didn't have to spit in order to heal him. Jesus is, after all, God. He is the Son of God, God in the flesh. The text does not explicitly tell us why Jesus does these things. However, we do know that Christ is compassionate. Knowing this, many pastors, theologians, and commentators over the years they believe that Jesus was likely communicating through touch in order to tell the man what he was going to do, or at least make an attempt to do that. The touching indicated what was broken, at least what was Christ was going to be restoring and healing. The spitting, as strange as this may seem to us, it did perhaps transfer something of our Lord to the man. Looking to heaven, Jesus showed where the healing was coming from. And that sighing, well, it perhaps then indicated the sympathy and compassion our Lord felt toward the man. But what we do know is this. Jesus spoke, and the miracle was done. This man who was closed, that is, unable to hear, unable to speak, is opened by Jesus So when Jesus sighed and said "Ephatha," that sigh, well, it was more like a groan. Have you ever picked up anything heavy, and that groan just kind of comes out, comes along with that exertion of effort? That's the sense behind this word. Imagine it: this man is deaf, and the first thing he hears is the voice of Jesus, the voice of the one through whom all things were spoken into creation. Isn't that amazing? See, Jesus opened this man, not just physically, but spiritually as well. St. Mark, he tells us his ears were opened, his tongue was released, and he spoke rightly. Now, this response by the man, it calls to mind the scripture which says, O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. This man is healed in body and in spirit. As Jesus, the word made flesh, spoke healing to the man's body and soul, setting him free, giving him a new life. It's hard for us to imagine what it would have been like in the first century if you cannot hear. There's really not many prospects for you other than begging and waiting upon the goodwill of those around you. You see, this healing today, it calls to mind our epistle lesson, or not not for the day rather, but the alternate epistle lesson for the day from Romans 10, where St. Paul says, Faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. God's living and active word creates and sustains faith in Jesus. And that faith, it then receives the gifts Jesus won on the cross. Forgiveness of sins, reconciliation to the Father, restoration in body and soul, both now and for eternity. You see, in the healing of this man, we see a sneak peek of the resurrection. It's as though the Lord's healing back the veil just a bit so we can see what awaits us in paradise. All things will be restored. All things will be perfect. Ailing broken bodies in this life will be glorified in the next. There will be no lack. For he does all things well. In the eternal paradise which awaits Christ's elect, you see there's no sickness, there's no death, there's no sin, there's no more suffering, no more struggles. All of sin and its effects will be gone. Instead, there will only be eternal communion with God and all the saints in perfect, unending joy. So, returning then to the gospel lesson, though the ceremony surrounding this miracle may be perplexing and confusing to us, it should not prevent us from seeing ourselves in this text. You see, just like the deaf mute man, you and I, we were closed off by sin. Thanks to Adam, we were all conceived and born in sin, as David confesses in the Psalms. We were spiritually blind, spiritually dead, enemies of God. In fact, we all started off spiritually deaf and mute as well. Just like the man in the gospel lesson, we were closed off from God, dead in, our, in sin and trespasses, and very much in need of salvation. We were completely unable to save ourselves. Our eyes, ears, and all our members, our reason, and all our senses, which were created to glorify God, were by sin corrupted and turned to selfish, brutish, evil uses. Then Christ Jesus fulfilled the promises of God and came to this fallen world as our Savior and as our substitute, accomplishing what the first Adam failed to do. Jesus kept and fulfilled God's law perfectly. And as we have been studying the law these many months now in the small catechism, this should amaze you all the more. Thought, word, and deed. He never broke it. Not even a little bit. Not once. And so then this perfect Lamb of God, he went to the cross where he died as the perfect sacrifice for all sin and rose again. Christ had to win forgiveness and salvation for us. We could not do that for ourselves Therefore, in fulfillment of what was spoken of him by the prophets, Jesus shed his holy, innocent blood on the cross, purchasing and winning our forgiveness and our salvation. That is where and how he won these gifts. But you see, those gifts of God's grace, again, the forgiveness of sins, the promise of eternal life, and that sure and certain salvation we have from sin, death, and the devil, these must still be given and delivered to you personally. So... How does God do that? Water, combined with his word of promise in baptism. That same word faithfully preached and taught to you, and Christ's true body and blood given to to you in and with bread and wine, whereby you receive everything Christ won for you on the cross. God's word and sacraments. These are God's chosen delivery methods for his grace. These are, as we call them, his means of grace. Therefore, when you were baptized, Jesus separated you from the unbelieving crowd of this world, and he washed you clean of sin, and he said, "Ephatha, be opened. Immediately at the moment you were baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, you see your ears were opened to hear and believe God's word, your tongue released to sing God's praise, and you spoke and confessed rightly, that is, you confessed your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, from the outside looking in, baptism, it looks like nothing. It's rather unimpressive to our human eyes. A spiritualized and ritualized sprinkling of water, that's what it looks like. And yet, what God calls it is this the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Baptism truly is second birth, a birth from heaven itself, as we read in John 3. Did you, not, did you know then that the Christian church, they had a history of using this word, epitha, in baptism? This practice was started precisely because that's what God is doing in baptism. Opening up a spiritually dead and closed off sinner and pouring in forgiveness. Saving faith and the Holy Spirit. Where once there was darkness and death, now there is light and there is life. So also, when an unbeliever hears the gospel and receives the gift of faith in Christ by the Holy Spirit, what was closed is now open, Ephatha. Notice the passive nature of that phrase, be opened. God is the one who's doing the opening, not the person. It's the same as when Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. Lazarus didn't do a thing, folks. He was dead. Instead, by the power of God's word, Jesus proclaims, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man rises. He can do no other. So also with Jairus' daughter in Mark chapter 5, the little girl had died. And Jesus took her by the hand and said, little girl, I say to you, arise. Talitha kumi. And immediately the girl got up and began walking. She didn't do a thing. She was dead. Instead, she was given life and raised by the power of God's spoken word. So it is for all who hear the word of God and receive the gift of faith. As St. Paul says, faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. Therefore, when a person receives the gift of faith in Jesus, they are open from death to life, from darkness to light. It is no less miraculous than the miracle we see in the gospel lesson today. The gift of saving faith is indeed a miracle that is accomplished by God himself. Holy Spirit working through His Word. Now, the same Jesus who opened the deaf and mute man, giving to him faith and restored life, is the same Jesus who was pierced for our transgressions. He died for us and was then himself closed into the darkness of a tomb. And on the third day, that tomb was opened and Jesus came out alive. God be praised for His triumph over sin, death, and the devil. Now, heaven itself is open to you and to all who cling to Christ in faith. Indeed, God's baptized people are those whom Jesus has opened and given that gift of saving faith, the forgiveness of their sins, eternal life, and salvation from Satan. Now, before we conclude our meditation on this text this morning, there's another point that I want to leave you with. And it says that the deaf and mute man spoke plainly. What it literally says in the Greek is that he spoke rightly, as in correctly. Now, that word for rightly is orthos, and that should sound familiar to you. Orthos means straight and correct. Therefore, orthodontists, they straighten and correct your teeth. Orthopedic surgeons straighten and make correct your broken bones. The word orthodox means correct or right glory. See, the man's response to Jesus' healing word was the proclamation of right glory, right praise of God. The man spoke rightly. This is who God calls us to be as his people. We who were once closed in sin and death have now been opened by God's word to faith and life in Christ. And so as God's people who bear his triune name, we are called to orthodoxy. That is, to glorify God rightly and correctly in accord with his holy word. So then kind of begs the question, how do we ensure that the words that we speak about God are orthodox, that is, right glory, correct glory? Well, it's by reading and studying his word, and then thus being conformed to that word. See, his word is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. It does what it says it does. So then perhaps the simplest way to do this is to study Luther's small and large catechisms, because these two books, they present the most basic teachings of Christianity, complete with references from Holy Scripture. They point you back into the Word of God, not away from it. Some people accuse us Lutherans of leaning more heavily on the writings of men than the writings of God. Well, when it comes to the Lutheran confessions, those all point us back to God's Word. The Holy Scriptures are the sole rule and norm of Christian life, doctrine, and teaching. See Luther's large and small catechisms; they teach you orthodox. Knowing this pure teaching of God's word, then you may joyfully teach your children, your grandchildren, and Godchildren, and confess Christ to your friends and to your neighbors. Think about it for just a second. Is there a better use for your eyes than to read and study God's word, the word of the One who created, redeemed, and sanctified you? Is there a better use for your ears than to hear the glorious truth of Christ crucified and resurrected for you? To hear of God's grace and of his promises of eternity which await you and all who hear and believe? Is there a better use of your voice than to speak, sing, and chant the glorious name of Jesus your God and Lord? Is there better work for your hands for you than to love and serve your neighbor out of thankfulness for what Christ has accomplished for you on the cross? God, be praised that by holy baptism, the Spirit has opened our ears, hearts, and minds to receive the love and mercy of the Father through faith in Jesus Christ. Therefore, as God's baptized children, let us dedicate ourselves to the diligent study of His Word. Let us learn the right glory, the right praise of God, the truth about God from His Holy Word. Let us be Orthodox Lutherans. And live our lives in loving service to our neighbors, all the while holding fast to Christ our Savior. In the name of Jesus, Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, watch and guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. In peace, let us pray to the Lord Lord for this congregation that our eyes would be opened by the Spirit to the gospel of peace and salvation, and that our lips would show forth our thanks and praise. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all pastors, that God would give them boldness to speak the truth in love and compassion, so that they would not break the bruised reed, but rather lovingly care for all sinners in need of God's mercy. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all in authority, by whose service God provides for us the gift of order, Including parents and family, our government, our police and firemen, our military and our schools, that God would give them strength and endurance to carry out their duties for the good of those entrusted to their care. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, For our catechumens and their teachers, that the Holy Spirit would bless the teaching of God's word and grant an increase in faith, knowledge, wisdom, and understanding, let us pray to the Lord. For all families, pregnant mothers, their unborn children, and those who desire the blessing of children, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the sick, the frail, and the dying, including our brothers and sisters in Christ, Ron Lyon, Bob Rash, Ron Gibson, John Mottman, Chuck Lichty, Ted Phillips, Lisa Rash, and Erlene Lakey, that God would restore them to health. We pray also for doctors, nurses, therapists, and all who tend our brothers and sisters in need, that God would bless them as they put their talents he has given them to good use. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all who will partake this day of Christ's most precious body and blood in the sacrament of the altar, that they may discern his body and come to his table in humility and faith to receive the forgiveness of sins and salvation. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy for the faith to confess and believe in Christ, that having been redeemed by Christ, we may gaze upon God's glory in heaven. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. O Lord, our loving Father, we entrust all these petitions to your care for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who is worshiped together with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Well, once again, good morning and welcome on this, uh, what has started off as cloudy. I think it's supposed to get a little more sunny today. I have a big week this week coming up, midweek school starting on Wednesday, of course. Uh, Sunday school and Bible study following worship today. Uh, With Labor Day being tomorrow, it kind of changes a few things. I'll be out of the office a lot. I actually have some car repair things to tend to, so um, I won't be in the office uh, tomorrow. But then Tuesday, uh, we have our pastor's reading group in Liberty. The new member class at 7. And then this Wednesday midweek, school begins at 3.30 p.m., followed by workout class at 6. And then a week from today, the 11th is a a big, busy day. There's a number of things going on. Um, We'll actually uh, start with the last of the announcement there. Emmanuel Lutheran Church in Carrollton, a sister congregation, is having a fish fry at 11.30 a.m., Uh, The menu is there included in the bulletin, a free will offering will be collected for the benefit of their youth groups. Uh, So please know that you're invited to that. Uh, Also, the Shipman Scholarship. So all those who wish to apply for the Shipman Family Scholarship, uh, details about that are on the bulletin board out in the hallway there. Um, Submit applications to the Trinity Lutheran Church Board of Elders by next Sunday. That's September 11th. It'll say something different on the sign out there. Don't be alarmed. It's been extended to the 11th this year. So if you have a a student who may qualify for that, again, read the uh, description and get an application in by uh, next Sunday. You can get those applications either from myself or from a member of the Board of Elders. Um, Then also, of course, what we've been planning for for some time now, our Oktoberfest is this next Sunday at 5.30 p.m. Menu is there included in the bulletin, just in case it does rain. It doesn't look like it will, but in case it does, we're going to move it to the following week on the 18th. And this, of course, uh, will include a free will donation to support our youth going to higher things next summer. And they'll have uh, uh, conferences in both Illinois and in San Antonio. So I have to get with... uh, Parents and we'll have to get some, org- get some organization around that, but we're excited to return to the higher things events this next summer. Anything I may have missed? Yes? Choir starts this week at, at 7. All right, so y'all in the choir, it's time to come back. Uh, 7 o'clock this Wednesday. We we'll, uh, look forward to that. It's, we're getting closer and closer to the festival season. I, I love it. There's going to be lots of good things coming. God's peace be with you. I'll greet you at the door.